1: What's up, everybody? Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you on Wednesday night. And we uh, are are talking about the schedule. We're talking about all kinds of things with the Bengals as they get set for rookie minicamp. And a lot of uh, teasers have kind of been put out there about the schedule. We already know some of the opponents and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a little bit of a shortened show because we're going to have a big show Friday to talk about the schedule release, the aftermath of that. Field your questions on a schedule release slash listener questions live episode. So we'll have some fun with that. I'm Anthony Kazenza, joined by my guy John Sheeran. John, how is Randall? How's the kitty cat doing? What's going on, my friend?
2: Both are doing phenomenal. One is hanging, one is chilling on the carpet, looking out at <laughs> hanging. Out the and window. Yeah. Not, not yeah. a care in the world. Has she has no concern at all about who the when the Bengals play the opponents that we already know they're playing? But there's just a tease and announcement of when these games actually happen and everything. So, doing good over here.
1: Good. Good. Well, I, you know, the Bengals are doing pretty well. They're coming off a good draft class. I guess now it would be two weeks ago already. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But uh, they are doing pretty well themselves. They signed Chase Brown already or reportedly signed him. So, um, as we know, it's a lot easier to sign draft picks now than it was 15 years ago or so because of the rookie wage scale and kind of the slotting system there. So shouldn't, shouldn't be many problems in terms of holdouts or anything like that. That's not really a thing too much anymore, but um, there, the next big date, as I mentioned on the calendar is the schedule release. Now we've kind of got a couple and we'll talk about it. um, We've got a couple of pieces of information on the schedule release so far. But, um, you know, we know obviously where we know where and who the Bengals are playing, but we don't know when we don't know what kind of venue in terms of like a prime time, not prime time later in the afternoon, that sort of thing. All of that has to be sorted out. I think our friends over at all Bengals were, you know, had an article out. I saw I didn't I didn't read all of it, but I think I saw it out there that, you know, not to expect a lot of. 1 p.m. Eastern games, which John is—that is music to my ears. Um, I know it's probably not music to your your guys' ears out there, but um, let's let, let me pull this up as we get going with the schedule release here. Uh, let, let's just kind of rehash in case people forgot or you don't you don't really know. We've got the 23 and 24. And this is on bangles.com. I'll um, I'll pin this in the live chat here for everybody to go check out too if they want to. So there you go. Okay. Home games, obviously, you get one each against the three division rivals. They are home for the Houston Texans. They host the Indianapolis Colts, not even really much of a road game for, for the Colts in that respect. They host the L.A. Rams and hopefully what becomes a revenge game for the Bengals there. They host the Seattle Seahawks. They host the Minnesota Vikings, and they host the Buffalo Bills. So when you see there the um, – you know, a lot of those teams, they were, you know, um, they were on the, the the schedule for the first year in the Zach Taylor era, and then of course you've got the three away games for the division rivals. Arizona, um, I am probably planning on going to that game personally. Uh, Jacksonville, San Francisco, probably going to be planning on going that one as well. Tennessee, and then away at Kansas City. So those are the home and away. Um, opponents there. I'm going to kind of leave this not pinned up in our in our video quite yet, but we'll we'll keep kind of referring to this because we've got some fun talking points of different things there. The one thing we do know aside from those slates, John, is that it was announced, and we can kind of take it as yeah, that's what's going to happen because it was announced by the NFL's Twitter account that the Bengals will be going to Kansas City for uh what was it week 17 um on new year's eve for this i what's becoming this iconic game both late in the season and in the playoffs so that one we know will be very very late in the season likely for heavy afc playoff implications
2: so you saw it announced by the nfl i didn't see the nfl announcement i only saw cincinnati's mayor making the announcement and saying yeah. yeah the Bengals and chiefs play week 17 and that's all i have to say and then it was Orlando yeah. Brown recording it, which was pretty funny. Bengals social media continues to be on the cutting edge of of the memes and everything. But yeah, it's, it's kind of gone full circle with this rivalry because the first matchup in the Joe Burrow era was also week 17. It was at Cincinnati, but it was a 1 p.m. game. And I don't think the schedule makers thought much of it at, at that point. But as obviously the Bengals got good during that season and the Chiefs were the Chiefs, they scheduled it for Tony Romo and Jim Nance to cover and it ended up being one of the best games of the 2021 season so now it's week 17 again this is going to be the fifth overall meeting between two teams and I guess two full calendar years and just like the Bengals and Bills were scheduled for Week 17 this past season unfortunately it became the DeMar Hamlin game this is the NFL saying that these two teams were pretty damn confident they're going to be in the conversation to be the number one seed And that just kind of shows you just how this rivalry has evolved and has progressed for both teams just staying at the top of this conference. And, yeah, it's going to be Sunday, New Year's Eve, 425 p.m. Eastern Central Time with, um, I'm assuming, it's going to be Romo and Jim Nance covering the game. I can't imagine it's going to be any other team that's still the flagship crew for that network. But, yeah, I think there's also like a rule now where it's like CBS and and, and, um, Fox don't necessarily have the rights to – each respective conferences. I think they're more kind of like free flowing now. So I, I thought that seeps was going to have like dibs, if you will, on this game, but it's not really the case anymore, but it's still going to be CBS just because, I mean, it's worked in the past now. I think 53 million people watch the FC championship game. People want to watch this game and the NFL realizes that.
1: Well, I, and, you know, we're looking at, and I don't mean to downplay any opponent on the Bengals schedule, but this game is now almost – you know becoming more important than the Baltimore's Pittsburgh's or at least more prominent um even though those are really kind of in the wheelhouse of you know this is what's this is how the division's being decided so um you know uh, you look at that obviously that's probably the most prominent game buffalo's probably a very close second i think it's a close second because you know just the i guess the uneven result in the playoff game where the Bengals kind of ran away with that a little bit, but still, you're still looking at, you know, the class of the AFC, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas city, Baltimore's in that conversation as well. Um, You know, those are, those are some of the teams there. And then of course, um, you know, I, we keep saying ah, Pittsburgh, man, that roster, that roster, they just keep winning games. They keep putting together winning seasons. They sneak into the playoffs. That's what's happened the past couple of seasons, despite all of our notions on them. So that's always going to be a tough out. We're going to have some talking points on some of the um, some of the games coming up here and, and kind of some sneaky ones, some ones that are, you know, uh, sticking out a little bit more to us. But before we get to that, uh, I want to remind folks again, I think it's above John now. I always said below John, but I think it's above John. The, the show icon. Click that. Uh, to subscribe through youtube click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available and of course it's our show and uh, three and out with jason and kevin they uh, are on the youtube channel as well and they're doing a great job with that program and then of course uh, if you like the audio side of things to get all of the cincy jungle podcast shows you can go on itunes stitcher spotify google Podcasts, iheartradio all all the major ones were there you got to like the cincy jungle facebook page so give that a thumbs up as well with about 80 90 thousand people at this point so go check that out we stream all the shows live there and uh, all the stories all that kind of stuff on cincy jungle can be found there and then of course you got to give there we go my guy john at a to z sports you got to give him a, a follow and a, and a watch and a click and a read all that kind of stuff go there too for for your bengals news all right so john where do we want to start here with some of the talking points um uh, we've got a couple that we we talked about before the show that like hey maybe maybe this is talk but do you what, do you have one where you're like hey let's start let's start here.
2: I think it's cool that I mean this is going to be the third season where you have 17 games and naturally you're going to have either more home games or more road games in a given year. This year it's going to be the AFC's turn to have that extra home game, and the Bengals are going to have nine just traditional home games because they're not. They're not playing in any international game. That was also news that came out today. Like the, the London and the two Germany games were announced. There was like a Black Friday game too, but that's, I mean, that's in the States too. But um, Bengals are just going to have nine games in Paycor Stadium and eight games on the road in domestic territory. And when you add up all the miles, distance traveled from like a linear sense, the Bengals actually rank last in terms of actual distance traveled this year. So not only does it help, that you have uh, one less road game and you don't go overseas compared to half the NFL. But also, like, Cincinnati is all obviously pretty centralized. It's a Midwestern town. Their, their divisional opponents are all pretty close in terms of proximity. You, they play the NFC West, but they only go to the Pacific Coast. They only go up towards you when they go to Santa Clara. I guess Arizona's, you know pretty much West Coast as well. But those are their two like furthest traveled distances that that they have to play like they play the Seahawks they play the Rams but the, both of those games are at home I think they host the Minnesota Vikings you know it's up way up north so that that's also distance that they don't have to travel they don't really stray too far from pay from Pacor Stadium that much and not only is that a benefit to the team obviously because you're traveling less and just the times that you travel it's not that great of a distance that you go also pretty good for the fans too the Bengals fans have shown that not only are they everywhere across the country, they're willing to travel, especially the ones who are based in and around Cincinnati. So I think for a lot of our listeners, for just a lot of Bengals fans in general, this is a great year to try to circle, you know, as many of those road games as you can, because odds are the flights aren't going to be as as expensive as maybe in years past.
1: Yeah, and a couple again, be it because of the playoff matchups or um, you know regular season high profile matchups. Aside from, again, the the divisional rivals and all of that, a couple of familiar games, you know, almost an annual type of thing for a couple of them, Tennessee, Kansas City, Buffalo, and again, Tennessee and Kansas City. The Bengals seem to travel there more often than not when they face off against those teams. Um, Buffalo getting them at home, obviously they were, um, you know, it's a team that they, they went to – face them in Buffalo last, uh, in, in the playoffs there, but, um, they get them at home this time. So again, a lot of familiarity in a lot of different ways, even though there's some, you know, kind of some, some other wonky ones on here, Cardinals, you know, the NFC West essentially on there. So, um, yeah, good point on the travel there, but let's, let's go here with this one. Uh, What's what are some of the games here that you think are either the trickiest or the sneaky? You know, there's some as we go through this all the time, you're like, Oh, that's you know, you do your wins and losses, right? W W L L W, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, as you look at those teams and you kind of it's hard because we haven't, you know, necessarily keeping a big, big pulse on, especially the NFC West, on what they've done throughout the year or uh the offseason so far, but we kind of have a grasp on a lot of the a lot of the things. What what do you think is the trickiest or the sneakiest game on, on the schedule, even though we don't know where it is? We don't have, you know, prime time and all that kind of stuff. We know where and we know who. We don't really know when.
2: Yeah, I think like obviously every divisional game is tough. I, I think people are going to underrate the Steelers again and like you Alluded to in the beginning, that's not very wise, especially because I think the Steelers have had a really good offseason. Like, they had a really active free agency period. They had a really good draft. If they're expecting a jump from Kenny Pickett, like, going to be competitive throughout the year, the Browns will always be, you know, around 500, so long as Deshaun Watson plays at least decently. And the Ravens are pretty good, too. So every divisional game is going to be tough. And I think for the most part, their non divisional opponents are pretty clear cut in terms of who's good and who isn't. Like I think the Minnesota Vikings are probably a candidate to regress this season. Like they kind of overachieved last year, which is also what people said about the Bengals. But I think there's um, more evidence in terms of them taking a step back, and that game's at home, so maybe that's one where I'm like, okay, I, I I'm projecting the Vikings to not be as threatening this year, and it's also going to be in front of Bengals fan, fans, but. I think that game might be tougher just because, you know, the Vikings still have talent and that may be just a team that I'm kind of overlooking. Honestly, I just, I just want to see when they play these teams during the year just because at this point I can't really give a lot of benefit of the doubt to the Bengals in the first half of the season, just because they, for the, for two years now, they've just ran into unnecessary hiccups in the first eight weeks, specifically last year, obviously dealing with a lot of offensive yeah. line issues and, Fortunately, you you would rather finish strong than start strong and finish meekly, and that's also been the case for the last couple of years. But I'm interested that's gonna be my biggest um, take, not not takeaway, but my biggest thing to watch for this season, just how quickly and how consistent and stable they start. And I think if they get some teams that they should beat, in the first half of the season, like they should beat the Colts. They should beat the Texans. Obviously they should beat the Rams. If they run into one of those teams in the first half of the season, when they're going through these inexplicable growing pains that they have in the first couple of, in these past couple of years, that may be a game that they unfortunately drop.
1: I mean, the easy one for me is this one right here, whether it's home or away. Um And it may not be sneaky because of what's been happening. Uh, what did they? Were they two and six or something against the Browns uh, the last few years? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Browns really have, which is surprising in, in a lot of ways, the Browns have had the Bengals number, um, even at times when Baker Mayfield was struggling and all kinds of different stuff going on. So uh, that one is always the trickiest or the sneakiest really in either venue. Um, so those are always tricky. You know, I, 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 still think even though Pittsburgh's roster, you have some questions there. I think Baltimore, um, you know, Baltimore has, uh, you know, some some questions, but I think they've answered a lot with Lamar coming back and whatnot. So. I think, you know, you you look at some of these Seattle might be a tricky one, even though that's home, you know, Seattle surprised a lot of people last year. And I, I think, you know, they just always seem to kind of restock the cabinet, even when they when a lot of people think the chips are down there, that could be a tricky one. Uh, you know, I. Jags could be tough, uh, Cardinals, but I, I still, it may be the obvious answer for me. It, it just remains the Cleveland Browns until the Bengals figure out a way to match up better, whether it's at home, whether it's away, until they figure out a way to, to find a better matchup and solve some of the things that just continue to, to plague them against the Browns, you know, they're going to need to do that. And then, oh, by the way, you now have Deshaun Watson, who has, you know, a lot more time back under under his belt to, you know, get reacclimated to football and the, you know, speed of the game, all that kind of stuff. So, I just I feel like that's kind of the trickiest one even though it may be an easy answer.
2: Yeah, I just don't I don't consider the Browns sneaky anymore just because the track record just kind of speaks for itself. And we can we can pick apart the Browns all we want and we can you know, do what we normally do when we talk about the Browns, but they just have a good track record against this Bengals team. And until the Bengals just show any sense of dominance, like even in their win, you know, this past year, they finally, you know, you know, got the straw off the camel's back, and in, in December, like it, it, it was still a pretty ugly game for the most part, and they didn't really just assert like them being better than the Browns even at home so yeah that, that's still something to just kind of wait on until that happens like the Browns are always to be taken seriously I don't even consider like I th- I think Seattle's a legitimately good team who also happened I, th- to, I think to get better this offseason now you're dealing with a receiving core with DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba you have Zach Charbonne out of the backfield that offensive line really progressed this season I think Geno Smith is He's pretty much who he is at this point. He's a decent quarterback. So that, that game is definitely going to be tough, even if it's going to be at PayCour Stadium. Like the Jags, they won the division last year, and I don't foresee them getting necessarily worse if Trevor Lawrence takes another step. But that is going to be the thing here, right? On average, five or four playoff teams from the previous year end up not making the playoffs the next year. And the Bengals are facing a lot of teams that made it to the postseason last year. So odds are some of these teams will naturally progress. But right right now, like on paper, like everyone looks better on paper in May, right? It's just a matter of how the season unfolds, how injuries happen, if inexplicable regression occurs. But like right now, I don't see like an obvious, I don't see an obvious team that's like a lot better or worse than what they're being made out to be right now. It seems pretty straightforward. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Um, you know, 49ers will be a tricky matchup as we know, but you know, there's some questions at quarterback there and, you know, uh, we'll just have to see what plays out with all of, you know, the, that, that situation there. So uh, those are some of the trickier games on the schedule, John. So let's switch gears here. And this is kind of the, I don't know, the $20,000 question, the million dollar question, whatever, <laughs> How, however much prize money you want, you want to give this prime time predictions last year, the Bengals had what five, Um, They were scheduled for five. They only had four. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, they got flexed out of one. Thank you. Um, So we're pretty much guaranteed at some point that there's going to be a Thursday night game, right? Um, And, you know, you kind of feel like that's probably, you know, I mean, we've seen them play Jacksonville and Miami and all kinds of teams on Thursday night the past couple of years, but that could also – be a divisional game I don't I don't know if they'll go that if the NFL will go that route on short weeks and stuff but we'll see um we we think that there's going to be a Thursday night game and I would assume you know a Monday night Sunday night that sort of thing too but what what are your let's start with how many how many primetime games do you think the Bengals will be scheduled for based on this uh, on the opponents
2: I think it's got to be five again like five is the maximum that you can be scheduled for I see no reason like the Bengals are just really good for ratings whether some people want to admit that or not, but people tune in to watch Joe Burrow and Jamar chase connect on touchdowns. So I still see five again, just because there's a lot of marquee opponents here. The Bengals are still good until they aren't. So I'm going to, I'm going to say five again for, for them for sure.
1: Okay. And how would you see that? I I agree with you, by the way. Um, no, no less than four. I I think there's going to be four or five. Um, So, how do you see that spread out amongst the primetime games? I mean, I think I don't think you're not going to get two Thursdays, so you're going to get one Thursday, um, and then how do you see the rest of the four playing out? Do you think there's going to be a Saturday closer to the holiday? Do you think? I mean, how do you how do you see that one playing out?
2: Well, I think there's I think this is the first year where you could actually play two two Thursday night games, which is just completely anti player safety in the right. league that like likes to tout player safety. But, yeah, I think – I don't know, man. Like, if, if you have five primetime games, I, I'm definitely not dismissing the idea of, of two Thursday night games. Like, the, the Jaguars seem like the perfect Thursday night sure. matchup for them. You have sure. Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Like, that was a Thursday night matchup before the Jaguars got good a couple of years ago. So, I can see mm-hmm. that happening again at Jacksonville. What, what I'm interested in, Anthony, and – a lot of people took a lot of issue to this. Like, they had three primetime games scheduled against AFC North opponents, and they were all on the road. Like, that's actually, I don't think that's ever happened before. And they, they will probably have an, at least one primetime game against the Browns, Ravens, or Steelers. And if they don't have any, if it's all on the road again, say if they have two this year against the AFC North teams and they're both on the road, that's kind of some BS. So I would expect the, the, well, considering they have more home games than away this year, I would expect that they would have more. They would, It's probably going to be a 3-2 split. I would say three at home, two on the road. Again, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to say that Jaguars game is going to be a Thursday night game on the road. I'm going to say like the Steelers are going to be like a like a Monday night or a Sunday night game at home at some point during the season. And obviously you have the Bills as a, as a potential primetime game. The a lot of people were watching that game before it unfortunately got canceled with what happened. So I would imagine right. the NFL is looking at that. The Chiefs is not technically on prime time, even though it's going to be like a national spy game at the at the prime four thirty spot on CBS. You have the 49ers, which is interesting. I believe it's going to be the 35th anniversary of the second Super Bowl that they played, and this is like the first time that both teams have been this good in playing each other in quite some time, so maybe the NFL takes advantage of that. There's just a lot of good opponents here outside of the division that not only do the Bengals play at home, but I I think you're going to get three primetime home games for the Bengals, and at least one of them is going to be the eighth, which is definitely needed after last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had the four cause they got flexed out of one. Right. And then obviously the Buffalo game got canceled. So they really only, I mean, they were one and two in there yeah. out of five originally <laughs> scheduled primetime games. It's just crazy how that all worked out. But um, yeah. And, and I, I think because of the luster of the Steelers and the Ravens and the budding rivalry, now that the Bengals have kind of come back and, become an AFC powerhouse I think those are you know definitely wheelhouse primetime games I don't know that they'll do Browns Bengals again we'll see but I'm not really feeling that one I, I like the 49ers one and I know you I know and I don't mean to correct you my friend but I know you said they, ha- they haven't both been good for a while a couple of years you know in 21 they played but that wasn't expected that the bank oh, a lot right, of people thought yeah. that a lot of people thought that the 49ers were going to be good, but the Bengals were kind of like, eh, they're okay. You know? And then at late in the year, they had that, that matchup. That game was crazy too, but, but you're right. It, also you're, you're right in a way that now officially these are established good teams. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, and so I think that that, um, you know, that definitely is, is one to watch there. And I'm looking at it again. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Tennessee Titans, but, you know, they always seem to be pretty competitive, and this has been a budding rivalry there. So maybe that's one that uh, could get on there on maybe a Monday night. I could see that one being a Monday night type of game. Um, I, I think probably division or that Buffalo game, that maybe is a Sunday night game, and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the rest. But I, I would say probably one of the one of the Ravens games, one of the Steelers games, uh bills and then probably a coin flip titans jags maybe both of them in there and then yeah, san francisco is, is in the conversation too i think yeah i could see that like i, I just think
2: like on, on average like the Bengals usually face like either the Bengals aren't aren't very good or they face a team that's not very good in prime time just because the nfl has been trying to spoon spoon feed these lackluster organizations to with at least one primetime game a year. And b- because of the new Thursday night rules, like th- they don't want Russell Wilson uh, cooking up a storm five times a year on Amazon again. So that's why I think y- you have greater flexibility with those Thursday night games. And I think you're going to see, not exclusively, but predominantly like established team, known commodities, teams that are going to be good and are expected to be good. So I, I'm not expecting like the Colts or the Texans or the Rams necessarily to, to squeak in there and be a primetime opponent. It's going to be one of these marquee, It's going to be at least like four or five, like you said, marquee matchups on this docket. And, and obviously, you know, there's always going to be AFC North primetime games. And Bengals are the two-time reigning champs in the division, so they'll they'll want to try to take advantage of seeing one of these three teams kind of take the take their crown in that in that setting.
0: <laughs> Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. So
1: we've talked prime time a bit here. Um, you know, we, we've given our pred- predictions on that and we see a couple of comments here in the live chat talking about uh, ten- <laughs> Ronnie saying Tennessee, oh my God, again, I guess, Uh you know, uh, Casey and Tennessee are in our division now. It seems, yeah, They're not wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, not not wrong there. Um, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about this here with the schedule, John. Um, what what game do you think? Um, what what's a what's a team that you think could be? Uh, maybe the Bengals win. But could be a, a surprisingly. I mean, I'm looking at one specific team. But what's what's a game where you're like, man, this is a this is a game the Bengals should win based on paper and what we're seeing here, where where they're supposed to play and whom. But it may end up being. I guess this goes back a little bit into our trickiest game, but one of those things which seems like a sure win, but then you think about it a little bit and you go, man, this may be a little, a little tougher than originally thought.
2: Like, I'm not going to say the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are just hot garbage this year, so not them. I think the Colts and Texans yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, Anthony Richardson is such a wild card. Like, I have no mm-hmm. idea how good or bad he's going to be, but I like Shane Steichen. I think he's got a good scheme, and I think the Colts have obviously been plagued by bad quarterback play, and I think their roster is being looked down upon right now, but it's probably a little bit better than what people give them credit for. I think I really like what the Texans are doing from a culture standpoint. I, do too. I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a phenomenal head coach. I don't know how good or bad C.J. Stroud is going to be as a rookie, though. I think he's going to be a little bit better than Richardson, but Richardson could just be that lightning in a bottle and just absolutely takes the NFL by storm in an unexpected way. Maybe Stroud goes through some growing pains. Both of those games are at home. And both of those games are against teams that picked in the top five of the draft. And, yeah, it, it could be just that one week where the Bengals kind of overlooked them. And I don't want to just say, you know, be lazy and say, oh, it's just another rookie quarterback. No, I, I think both teams have done a lot to try to best improve the rosters and best improve their overall situations with the coaching staff. And sometimes that's enough of a change. And if you just have a, just enough talent, you can find just that right week to get hot.
1: Where I think those two games could be particularly tricky, treacherous, whatever adjective you want to use there, uh, is if they are on a short week. you know, they've got the mm-hmm. Thursday game following that game, right? And so while you say that uh, you know those it, it, the, both of those games are home, Houston and Indianapolis, let's say you host that team and then you've got a Thursday night game coming up against a divisional rival that you're traveling to, right? Um, or maybe it's something at home and you have that, you know, I, I, I don't think this is in the DNA of Zach Taylor and this team, but there is the propensity sometimes to overlook some of those teams, particularly when you are picking towards the top of the draft, both those teams, as you mentioned, picking the top five. So, I mean, uh, that's where I think that can be a really slippery slope is if there's a short week when they schedule those teams, even though it's at home.
2: I I'm, I would just be really impressed on a on an unrelated note, but like I think I still think the Bengals are the best team in the, in the division, even though the gap between them and the Ravens is very very slim at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. the Steelers are better than Bengals fans give them credit for. And again, the Browns have a good track record. I would I would be very impressed if the Bengals find a way to go four and two in the division this year. Um, they went three and three last year. They had some stinkers, obviously, but as good as the Bengals are, and they objectively are, and as much as we expect them to win the division again, going four and two against these teams that know you obviously so well and have all gotten better in their own respective ways, I think it would be a great accomplishment to go four and two and to have some primetime wins against them too, like. You know, like they could have beaten the Ravens at Baltimore. I don't know. I still don't know really know what happened at Cleveland on Halloween. That, was a that game hideous was just, game, yeah. it was so so disgusting. And maybe maybe you're just d- destined to have one of those games here. It's a long, it's a long season, man. And when you have an unfortunate injury like Jamar Chase kind of pop up on you, you know, days before the game, sometimes maybe things can get out of hand. But I, I think that's that's one of the accomplishments that. I think this team can be real proud of if they end up going above 500 in the division and actually win the division for a third consecutive time, which I don't think has happened in recent memory in the AFC North It's a very tough division to repeat, let alone back to back to back.
1: Yeah. And th- that Browns game on Halloween kind of was uh, uh, the catalyst of the big run that they went on late in the year. I mean, they started, you know, they dominated the Panthers and the Falcons and they, I mean, they really went on a run. Uh, from there one nation underground says why are they <laughs> making us play the Titans Chiefs and Bills every year wtf well simple answer ratings john um these are teams that are good teams and they are teams that uh they're in the same conference but um i think ratings they, they you know i mean that's part of it but also just how the schedule cycle falls right i mean that's just uh how they do it and um you know i mean
2: it's, it's it, a first place it, schedule like that's why right. they're playing the Chiefs and Bills like the Titans i think it's because It's the AFC South part of the rotation, but if the Bengals want to win the division every year, you're going to face division winners from your conference.
1: Right. Um, All right. So the Bengals do not have, I think the, um, the NFL also announced teams that will be going to Europe this year. And the Bengals will not be one of those teams. Your thoughts on that feelings on that. Are you bummed? Are you secretly excited? Are you, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of cool elements to them, obviously traveling abroad. And, you know, if, if, Bengals fans are able to, to make that track obviously it's like a once in a lifetime type of thing that you go and do that so there's a lot of things with that but they you know the time change and all that kind of stuff the the risk of you know uh, that travel affecting the the style of play all that I mean you know there's pros and cons to it so i guess where do you stand on the fact that the Bengals are, are appearing to not be going to europe uh to it's great it's great for me
2: from a logistical sense but man i don't know about you but i think it was like the bucks seahawks game in germany and that crowd looked amazing like they were yeah, singing uh, country yeah, roads <laughs> like at the end of the third quarter like that seems like an amazing atmosphere because we, we've had london games for like the better part of a decade now and i think you know obviously i mean we have fans in in the uk who watch this show mm-hmm. and shout out to you guys mm-hmm. and i'm sorry that you guys aren't going to get a, a bengals game there for like the fourth consecutive year but j- just the emergence or maybe just me learning about the NFL fan base in Germany really excites me. And I would love to eventually, because I've never been over to Europe, I would love to see an NFL game over there. And it would be really cool if the Bengals got to play there. But that that just really surprised me. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a little, little jealous of the people who do get to travel and, and see a game over there.
1: All right, you you thought maybe they were going to play? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, yeah. they,
2: they weren't gonna they, they weren't gonna play like the Chiefs or anyone over there. Like they were always right. gonna have that game in Arrowhead. They were always gonna have like like the the marquee games on the Bengals schedule here. So, but like, yeah, if they would have played, I don't know, like the the Colts or like the Seahawks or something like that, that, that would have been pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the you know the element of of traveling and just kind of the atmosphere there and all of that. It you know it, it brings a nice new angle to games and to, you know, the, the league and everything. But, you know, what does stink uh, for a team in in one respect is if, you know, sometimes that counts as a quote-unquote home game. Um, so there is mm-hmm. a bit of a disadvantage there as well. So if you are that home team, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, man, really? You know, so you, you, you theoretically lose a home game, by doing that, uh, one of the teams do so, you know, I, I, that in that respect, I can see where teams kind of, uh, balk at the idea a little bit, but I think overall, I think it's really cool. We've seen how well received the game is abroad and, and in, in the UK and in Europe. So very, very cool. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe the Bengals will, will get there again in the next couple of years, but they, as of now are not slated to go to London, Germany, or, um, uh, mexico city they i mean they also have hosted uh things too so we'll see um but you know the official announcement comes thursday night at 8 p.m we'll be taking the air friday to talk about what the schedule looks like answer listener questions we'll go live with that and have some fun doing that uh john about the opponents and what we kind of know about the schedule right now what else do you want to you want to touch on we've talked about prime time Talked about surprise teams potentially, teams that uh, and, and and of course marquee games on the on the list there. What else you want to you want to go over?
2: Yeah, I, I just I just want to hammer home again. Like I think the Bengals have been more impressive than people give them credit for being on the road these past two years. I think they're thirteen and seven regular season and postseason combined. But to have nine games at home now, the home field advantage of Paycor has never been pretty Stadium cool. has never been higher and that stadium is always going to be packed. Now there's, there's back backlogs of people trying to get season tickets. There's the, the demand to get into the stadium has never been greater. And now you have nine games there. I guess again, like it, like the bills, the Seahawks, you know, every AFC North team is going to be competitive, but some of your quote unquote, softer opponents are going to be coming to Cincinnati this year. And, you know, you might not get that, that week one home opener, which is another aspect because they've had three consecutive home openers in the past three years after like going what eight or nine years was always starting on the road. It seemed like so the Reds play at home that Sunday week one, which leads people to believe they're going to be on the road this year. So you're talking about nine home games in a 16 week stretch because you're probably ending at home because you're on the road the week prior at Kansas city. So that's, Probably going to be advantageous for the Bengals, and like they've laid some stinkers at home, and they've all, they've been more reliable on the road than maybe what what was expected. But I think that's a great advantage for them after being on the road for a lot elongated stretches last year. Like they had like multiple two or three week road stretches in 2022, yeah. and they honestly nope. you know fared pretty well after that. But to have like nine home games compared to seven road games to finish out like the the 16 weeks after week 1
1: i think it's going to be really good for them it's a, it's a good point and i mean the last couple of years in their playoff runs they're what combined 2 and 0 oh at home and 3 and 1 on the road oh and 1 on a neutral field if you count the super bowl as, as such so um i mean i guess that was technically a road game given the fact that the rams <laughs> were <laughs> were playing in it but i mean I, you know still impressive especially with you know the atmospheres that they're going to and the talent level that that They travel and beat in those respective playoff runs. So, uh, and then to your point also about week, um, we you know the last week of the season where it could be at home. That's probably going to be a divisional foe too, because you know um, the the the, the league likes those games to matter if if at all possible. And you know by slating the division game at the end of the year, there obviously that that heightens the stakes and you know has teams maybe thinking that they're going to play their their players longer or more. Um, and so, you know, I I, I don't think – I can't remember really many times that the Bengals and the Steelers have ended uh, the season in the final game. It's usually been Browns or mostly the Ravens, quite often the yeah. Ravens, even back in the Andy Dalton and days and everything. So hasn't been so much the Steelers, a little bit with the Browns if memory serves, but it's been a lot of the Ravens to end the year. So – it would not surprise me if that's Baltimore again in that final game, probably at home.
2: Yeah. And that could just be the very last game of the regular season, depending on how healthy Baltimore is and how good they are. And if they are, you know, still in the race, you know, just depending on what the race is for the AFC North at that point, because, you know, like I think there's just one primetime game that week and it's the very last game it's the Sunday night game. So that could just be Bengals Ravens. If we expect both teams to be as good as they are. And you're right. It's, I think it's predominantly the Ravens. Like, the Browns were the last opponent two years ago during 2021. I believe the Steelers were the last ever team that Marvin Lewis coached against in the NFL. I think that was the week 17 of 2018 or something. But, yeah, it's almost exclusively you the Ravens. might be right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why they don't start against the Ravens in week one. I know that's been some people's predictions. Um, like, it could be at Baltimore on primetime week one. But if they're likely to end it, um, at home against Baltimore, it's not likely that they're going to be at Baltimore to the start of the season.
1: But we don't know. We'll know in 24 hours. We will know in 24 hours, and we will break it down for you on Friday, talking about all things schedule release, answering your questions as we go live Friday. Uh, I think, John, you're set to join me. Uh, we may mm-hmm. have a couple of other, uh, other guests here. Time to be determined, but probably earlier in the day, if you're okay with that, my friend, um, just so we kind of really – piggyback on the news of the schedule release but we'll we'll let you know when we're going live and of course um you can get all of our stuff as i mentioned on youtube the orange and black insider youtube channel another three and out episode coming out soon as well on the channel and then of course all of the audio stuff on itunes stitcher spotify google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. all of the shows on the Cincy jungle podcast network are there anything else that you want to share about the schedule or are you ready to drop the mic and get out of here my friend
2: ready to drop the mic and I want to and I'm going to do so by shouting out Foster Moreau man because yeah we were on on the air and we were talking about the tight ends and all of a sudden it hits the wire that that Foster Moreau is diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and when you hear that an NFL player is diagnosed with cancer you know four or five months before the season starts you think man like what's his future going to hold six weeks later he's been through treatments and now they're projecting him to be ready I think even before training camp and the New Orleans Saints gave him a 3-year deal worth 12 million with incentives, 8 million guaranteed. So, congratulations to him for going back home. He's a New Orleans kid. He played at LSU and he's got a pretty good contract after four solid years with the Las Vegas Raiders and gets to go back with his quarterback, but I'm just glad that he's doing well. That was such a shock. He was such a popular name with Bengals free agency and unfortunately, I guess, you know, both sides maybe probably weren't going to get to a deal, but the fact that he's, you know, healthy enough to sign a contract and potentially play a year after the diagnosis. Nothing but amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I I mean, I felt a little bit like a dummy as I often do on this show. After what I, you know, I went on yesterday and I I shared that news that the saints were going to be offering him. I didn't have the figures for it, but the saints were likely going to be offering him a contract. And I kind of said, you know, I, I, hopefully it's number one, a sign that he's doing well, and maybe he'll be able to play sooner than anybody expects. Um, but it, it was maybe a little bit of a, an idea, kind of kind of in the same vein as the Devin Still thing, where it's like, hey, let's keep him on a roster to make sure that needed health insurance, all that kind of stuff is taken care of for the, for the player in this situation. But it would seem, John, um, which uh, uh, kind of some miraculous things are happening, and he's making great progress from the diagnosis, maybe ready to play a lot sooner than a lot of people thought he would. Um, so recovering well. So not only is it just a great story, hey, you know, cool – Cool gesture by the Saints to offer him a contract, even if it was for the health insurance purposes. But amazing, amazing progress seemingly made by Foster Moreau and his health, uh, his, his path back to being healthy and, and overcoming the, the cancer diagnosis. So all around, really, really cool story.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a contract that indicates that he's going to play like immediately. And yeah. it just happens to be with a team that, like he said himself, Probably probably saved his life because he took the physical with the Saints and that's how he discovered it. And again, now he now he not only gets to play with the team that gave him the physical, but it's again, it's his hometown team. He's from Louisiana and all that jazz. So happy for him. Man.
1: Me, too. Me, too. Um, that is going to do it for us. Again, we mentioned a little bit of an abbreviated episode because we had one yesterday. Go check that out. We did the one tonight. We're gonna to do one on Friday as well, and then of course we've got three and out dropping for you. So we got back to back to back to back episodes of Bengal podcast shows for you. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you subscribe and check out all of the shows on Cincy Jungles Podcast Network. Go check out cincyjungle.com and my guy John's A to Z Sports Bengals takes there. You got to go check that out. We appreciate all the support on this show on our respective websites and we look forward to bringing you more Bengals content schedule release coming up. We're going to be talking about it. We'll see you then.